Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't like that. That's weird. <clears throat> I don't like that at all. Uh, yeah, so, hey, everybody. It's me, your favorite uh, real bad host of Hunting Pixels, and we are here with a very special episode for you today. Uh, this is episode, I think I said three, uh, but it's actually episode four of our special edition series where we go really in-depth on a topic. And today's episode, as you may be well aware of, if you've listened to our previous special edition episodes, will not run like our usual episodes. Instead, we'll be entirely focused on the topic at hand, and today's topic is the state of Xbox. As you are aware, I am your host with the absolute most, the one and only Bebop man, Josh McMullen. And I didn't bother writing out a new intro for this episode. Um, so, I... Honest to God, don't remember typing that, but that... No, no, that was me. I threw that in there for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, I am joined uh, today by a uh, special guest from our um, episode that actually just dropped yesterday. Uh, he is back by popular demand. One Gilbeezy Kitchens, because I don't like Gilbert. Oh, thanks. weird. Yeah, you're you're welcome. <laughs> His parents didn't either. No. So weird. Yeah, so so strange. Uh, uh, real quick, all right. Gilbert, was that from Gilbert oh, Grape? For fuck's sake, no, <laughs> no, <clears throat> no. So, <clears throat> uh, uh, Anne of Green Gables. Okay. Are you familiar? Okay, there's a kid yeah, in yeah. there named Gilbert. My mom liked the books, so she named me Gilbert. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I, he's like a bully, and she oh. smashes something over his head, and it's great, and that's what I got named after. <laughs> well, uh, I would just, uh, I didn't mean any offense. I just assumed, because you were born in what, like 93 Three. or 4? Okay, yeah, so oh that was about the same time that that movie was coming out, I think, like 92? Hang on, I gotta look this up. Cause. That was the slew of like movies about very capable people. Very suddenly, people realize you could win an Oscar uh, really easy. Oh nope, <laughs> it was ninety three. So there we go. All right, well uh, that's enough about Gilbeezy. Um, we are joined today by uh, another special guest, um, Mister Mister Finance himself. Uh, Justin, uh, is your last name Ruiz? Is that how you uh, say it? Here we go. Do I look Puerto Rican to you? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, that's what I get. All the- <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, it's actually Ruiz. Mm. It's Hungarian. Okay. And it was normally supposed to be R-U-I-S-Z, but uh, Ellis Island had other plans. Oh, okay. So the Hungarian Jew. Something like that. I'm not Jewish. Oh, crazy okay. enough. <laughs> so weird. But but Long Island. I we also have our fair share of Italians here. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Which is what a half of me is. Okay, Hungarian and the Italian. The other half is full of shit. <laughs> which is great that you're here today cuz we're about to talk some some mad shit, some smack. Um all right, well, I uh the reason that I brought Mr. Uh, Mr. Gilbeezy along was because he don't say it. Is don't say it. Adamant supporter, adamant supporter of the Xbox. 
He just happens to be a very enlightened individual who shares a certain affinity for... Seven years ago, I made a terrible decision. Medium. <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. You took the blue pill. He he bought a hunk of plastic and he... I went into the store and I got my Xbox One Assassin's Creed Unity bundle. With a pre-order of the Master Chief collection, I made the best decision possible. I mean... And, and then he walked on the bus with Tyler Durden and he went, Is this what right. a man's supposed to look like? <laughs> uh... Yeah, so that explains why you're here. But Justin, uh, you're just here because I couldn't find anyone else. Um, That's so sweet. <laughs> no, How sweet of you to say. Uh, no, I I brought you in um, because, well, uh, I had asked some other people who I thought would have a little bit more insight into Xbox itself, but they were unavailable. Uh, no comment. <laughs> But you you know the business aspects or like the the business side of things fairly well. I have to assume with uh, everything that we've talked about. And if you squint, he kind of looks like Phil Spencer. Ever a little bit, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Where? What are you hiding in your background? There? How you doing? How's it going? <laughs> Hi, I'm Phil. Wow, that was that was solid. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> better than the Australian guy who thought I was Jonah Hill. <laughs> For real. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that you would be able to come in here and have interesting conversations with us. Well, yeah, let's do this. So happy to, be, um, happy to be a part of it. Oh, well, thank, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy New Yorker schedule. <sighs> yeah, just uh, my cousin Sal's over. We had a couple of bagels. I was like, yo, Sal, take a look at the shit that I just took. It doesn't it have, like, it kind of looks like the letter K. Now you like sound like rich. <laughs> Um, oh, shit. all right. Get them on my lawn. Start talking about pizza. So the, uh, oh God, <laughs> I long, I want to go to Roberta's, but some people think that, uh, you know, uh, uh, raise is good, but I also like not raised pizza. It's, it's funny because they say it's not raised, but it's actually, but Chicago pizza is pretty good, right? You no. Know? Oh, and they, <laughs> what am I eating a piece of cake? Is this cheesecake? What is this? Come on. Uh, the it's number so weird. How did you know what? Pizza <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Sal, why did you have to bring up pizza? Yeah. Oh Lord. Well, uh, let's just get right into it. The current state of Xbox. Um, I'll do a, a, a brief rundown, if you will, of the uh, events of the. Um, uh, what like last five years or so like the the recent past that's the best way to put it i graduated college and i was looking for employment oh are you um an old woman oh no i was gonna go with anthony hopkins in uh <laughs> <laughs> my woman voice that actually now that you say it yeah that was actually pretty, yeah pretty close uh, Hannibal. Uh, yeah, there we go. There we Silence of the Lambs. Jesus, I couldn't get it out. Man. Yeah, you like movies, right? Yeah, that, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, <laughs> I don't even get to watch those anymore. So, uh, what was made, Joshua? I know, right? So basically, the Xbox One launched and um, was. I don't want to say disastrous because I, honest to God, don't feel like it was, but. 
the perception out there is that it was disastrous. And because of that, Xbox booted Don Matrick and Phil Spencer took over as head of Xbox. And since then, it's been a slow turnaround. Uh, you know, sentiments began changing about the Xbox in like 2017, 2018. Uh, it was around that same time that Game Pass was greenlit. And then we had the Xbox One X come out, and it was kind of like the powerhouse, so to speak, to outclass all the other consoles. This was, what, 2018, Seven. I think? Oh, the One X launched in 17? Interesting. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, yeah, that is right, because uh, the One S also came out around oh, that the same time, 20 right? That 2015, I think? 2016. Okay, okay. And that was the that was the discless. No, it was just a smaller form factor and had a HDR support. Yep. Yep. And it was really pretty. I I love my One S. Um, but uh, it, basically, they went from in about a five-ish year span. They went from TV, sports, entertainment, that sort of thing, with the launch of the Xbox One to having a very strong focus on games and the best place to play them being Xbox. So that's really kind of where we got to right now. Um, I guess I'll throw it to, to Justin first with that, that rough launch. Uh, do you think, th- mm, I'm trying to think of the way I want to phrase this question. Um, uh, Do you think that the the actual launch of the Xbox One, where it started, is all that different from where it is now? Like, the, like the like, how would you compare and contrast the two launches? Uh, well, not necessarily that, but like the so right now, everyone says Xbox is in the best possible position. Like that, that it's been since probably early 360. Like, I, I feel yeah. like that's where all the sentiment is. But yeah, I would agree. But in 2013, it was like, oh, what the hell is Xbox doing? Uh, and I guess it, in my mind, I don't think that the companies are really all that different between the launch of the Xbox One and the launch of the Series X and S. And I guess I don't know how to phrase this question, but do you. Like in in comparison, do you think that they are really all that different? I think I mean disastrous. Like to get back to what you said with when the when the X launched, the Xbox One launched. Sorry, not the X, but when the One launched. Yeah, the messaging was was befuddling. Right, it was just it was a different type of messaging. Like you said, it was based on media. Don Matrick was. I think kind of tripping over a lot of his own words. I think the leadership just didn't really understand like what gaming culture kind of was or is. And I think a lot of it was resting on their own laurels, right? Like you look at the success from the 360, that was a console that everybody had. It had the best games. It was, you know, the thing was high flying. So I think they kind of took it as like, yeah, everybody's kind of most likely going to upgrade to this thing. So let's throw the bells and whistles in here. That makes sense from a, media consumption standpoint, whereas Sony kind of took the the reins of, we're all about games. This, this is a gaming console. This is where you want to play your games. And I think this go-around 
for the the X and the S, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the the X and the S probably had one of and despite not even having any first party titles, had a really successful launch. I mean, they got out there, they said, here's here's a console for the hardcore group. It's gonna cost a little bit more money. It's got all of the technology packed into it to really make for a awesome experience. Oh, and by the way, if you want something that, you know, maybe doesn't have all of the technology in it, doesn't need a disk drive, and it can play everything, and it's basically your Game Pass machine, here's the S. For, mind you, like, what did that thing launch at? Two, was it 250? The was Series S? For that? This, the, yeah, yes, the 299. Uh, I think it was... Yeah, two ninety three hundred, right? Even like a switch is almost as like they're comparable in price. So I think with that and with Game Pass being bundled into it, I, I think they kind of they they nailed it. They nailed it in terms of like the marketing. Here's your value offering. Here's the best that you can get in terms of what your dollar will get you. That the one thing that I think both console makers are probably really pissed off about is the fact that you couldn't find these things anywhere, and now there's a chip shortage, but. We'll get to stuff like that later, but I don't know. What, like, Gil, what's your take on it? What are your What are your thoughts? I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, you know, if I'm being completely honest, uh, I I kind of think that the perception doesn't actually meet reality with the with the launch, uh, and that reality and perception are much closer to what is actually going on now. So like in 2013, when you look at that, like they did come out and they, they did say, Hey, we're, we're, we are launching a a media box more or less. And it's going to be able to play games, but look, look at all the things you can do with cable TV and Netflix and ESPN. Like they did come out and say that, but at the same time, like if you look at the launch of the Xbox, I probably should have had this pulled up already, but the Xbox One launched with Forza 5, which was a very strong racing title. It launched with Rise, which didn't get the due that it deserves, I think, when it launched, but now kind of has like a cult following. Like the Xbox launch window had some really great games. I think even in that launch window was maybe Titanfall and um, what's the Insomnia game that I... Yeah. Sunset Overdrive. Overdrive. Yeah. And all of those are really great games, but because people just thought, oh, well, you know, this is just a media machine. Why the hell should I buy it? They didn't actually take the time to do their research on it. I think if more people had not just like kind of listened to what the media was saying, that you would see the sentiment that you're seeing now back in 2013. If that makes I think a sense. a lot of people, too. Yeah, and everybody was just like, yo, this nag yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Right? Look at that guy. And then they also were like, Rezogun, what is this? I need this. Yeah, I mean, to, to kick it over to you, uh, BZ, I think um, really in order for Xbox to have course corrected and steer the ship it it really took the strength of phil spencer uh and i guess the easiest way to to like launch into this is do you see where he started i mean obviously you can see the clear 
delineation between where Maastricht was the head of Xbox and then Spencer took over. Do you feel like he has been consistent from when he took over to now? So one thing I do want to throw in there is that I think the main reason the Xbox underperformed, you, you, you can talk about DRM and exclusives and all this stuff. I think at the end of the day, the Xbox was $500 with a camera nobody wanted and the PS4 was $400. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I think the only reason the 360 had its advantage over the PS3 was because it was $200 cheaper. You know, it's just and, and eventually the PS3 did catch up because the PlayStation brand worldwide is just way more you know popular. But I think it was just the $100 is the main thing that really killed it. Um, when it comes to Phil Spencer, so. I don't know if you want to go back at the history of Xbox, the whole reason it started, the whole reason it got approved in the first place is because Microsoft saw companies, tech companies like Sony, pushing into the living room and being, okay, you're going to have your Sony VHS or DVD player or whatever, and you're going to have all these Sony products around the house. And so they wanted something like a Windows product that sat under your TV and was, you, you know, you would have your Microsoft thing there and they would have their, you know, their input through that. Um and there's a whole history with that. But I think that's kind of what the Xbox One was. They already had the gaming, but they were like, okay, first of all, at that time, there was a lot of talk that console gaming was dying and it was going to be PC and mobile and that was it. And so I think even from Sony, you had a lot of timidness going into that. That's why we got these half steps is because they weren't willing to fully invest in the initial hardware. Um, but... I think a lot of that TV stuff came from, okay, well, gaming may be going out, but what if we can provide a, a box you can plug your cable box into and have your streaming services all together with that? And you can, I, I watched that uh, uh, unveiling recently, and it's like, okay, you can buy your tickets for Star Trek with the Connect or something. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> but I think that's what it was, is that, that for all those years, Microsoft saw the Xbox as our way to get Windows in the living room. And that's kind of where the direction was dictated. And as the Internet and streaming became more accessible, they were able to do that. You can kind of see that in toward the end of the 360 and especially at the beginning of the one. You saw like the Windows 8, uh, I think they call it Metro tile design thing being used as that. That was the UI of the Xbox and the Windows phone and all that stuff. Um, yeah, Windows, Windows phone. That was sort of like. Sort of like them saying, like, hey, we have an opportunity to realize this. Exactly. You know, like. And so, like, yeah, I say all that to say that I think what Phil Spencer has done is he's recontextualized what Xbox can be in Microsoft to where they no longer have to be this mm -hmm. living room version of Windows, even though it still kind of is. Um, and so he's been able to bring the focus back to gaming in order to serve another purpose within Microsoft. And that's kind of what what he's been able to do because, you know, people talk about this all the time. But like, uh, who's who's the guy at PlayStation right now? Who's the Jim Ryan? Jim, Jim Ryan is not a gamer. Jim Ryan, when you ask him what he's playing, he'll give you the PR answer. You can follow Phil Spencer on Xbox and that dude is playing all the he's time. Good game. He like he's actually like you can go check his achievements. He's he's playing Destiny like every night. Like he understands the industry and the games and he ha he actually cares about it. 
And so he's able to, to go to Microsoft and say, I know what to do over here. Let me go do it. And I'll give you X, Y, and Z in return. But you need to just let me focus on what I know needs to be focused on to make this brand successful. And I, th- he is actively ignoring his family. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The gamer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think if you look at all the moves he's made, it's it's been about getting things back towards Xbox as a gaming platform, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of it, maybe it wouldn't have happened under him if they weren't in the position they were from the Xbox One. I don't know, like, would backwards compatibility have been a thing? I think that's important to him, but would it have been a thing if they were, you know, at the top of the hill, uh, you know, compared to everyone else? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it's clear he, he he's making those moves for a reason. He, yeah, I think I think he's the right he's definitely right mm. place, right time kind of guy. Um, I don't think anybody else is really going to sit there and say like, by the way, we have to make a huge pivot. You know, like I think a lot of other people are probably sitting there saying to themselves like, here's a here's a here's an industry that is hit driven. And we want to be able to make sure that we can sell the most copies of whatever the newest either game, IP, or sequel is out there. So they're they're ready to sort of hit like the how do we like how do we do the wash, rinse, repeat kind of model? He's he's not the guy. I don't think he's necessarily the guy who's gonna say like, okay, let's let's figure out how do we how do we make like, you know, Halos seven through ten. I think he's sort of the guy that's sitting there saying like there is a paradigm shift coming. There's a sea change coming. How do we future-proof ourselves? How do we make sure that we're best positioned to pick up on the newest crazes or trends that are going on yeah. in gaming? So I, yeah, I, you know, it's funny that you say that. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody else would have come in and had like the cojones to say, especially with Microsoft to say, well, there was Phil, Phil's talked about this. I don't know when it was, if it was like 2016, 2017, somewhere around there, but he got a call from Satya Nadella, who's the CEO of Microsoft. Um, and basically he said, okay, I want you to come in. We want to have a meeting. I don't think it was hostile or anything, but it was basically, I need you to explain to me why we're doing this Xbox thing. Like, why are we investing in this? And Phil went to that meeting and it seems like ever since, He's had his hands untied. He's been able to do what he needs to do. And I right. I have a few theories as to how he kind of pitched it and recontextualized things. But it it's Xbox. People always think of like Xbox versus PlayStation versus Nintendo. And what people don't realize is it's Microsoft versus Sony versus, you know, Nintendo kind of Nintendo's kind of in their own space. But like Microsoft could eat Sony for breakfast but Xbox has always been fighting with like a hand tied behind their back because it's this small little kind of pet side project thing. And I, again, I think he's recontextualized what Xbox can be in Microsoft to the point where he no longer has to have that hand tied behind his back. And that's why they're going out and making these big acquisitions and these big deals because now he's not having to play as, as if Xbox is a small little company. It's Microsoft. It's trillion dollar Microsoft. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I think you guys nailed that. Um, so I, I guess Me too. M- moving from, you know, the past into the, the current situation, I, I, I want to touch on this. Like, 
So we talked about how the last generation was uh, kind of saddled by uh, bad perception, but um, like in comparison to the two, what I'll I'll throw this to you first, uh, Gilbizi. Um, what did Xbox do right with this launch that they they didn't do right with the last one? Uh, they hit it from both sides. Um, when it comes to power, they've got the Series X. If you're enthusiast, if you want the best place to play games, technically speaking, at least, you know, at this point, really, that's still all theory, I guess. But as far as the numbers go, the most powerful place to play is on Xbox Series X. If you want the best value, Series X is still a really good value with Game Pass, but they've got a $300 console, too. That is, uh, you know, you can get that, you can get Game Pass, um... So if you want power, it's there. If you want value, it's there. And they're hitting it from both ends. And they're just making those those offers really compelling on both sides. And then you add in things like, uh, I don't know how successful it is, but the all-access thing where you're paying like 25 bucks a month for a console and Game Pass. They're just making it more accessible to people. Whereas last time it was, yeah. and the market was different then, but at last time the only option was walk in and pay $500 for a console with no pack-in game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. Um, I mean, Justin, uh, the it's very clear that the uh, the launch is is being successful because I I mean, the Series X, the Series S are always sold out. Like you can't find them anywhere. Part of that is definitely due to the chips, uh, but also the demand is high. Like I mean, if if people weren't buying these things, we would know, right? Um, I don't I don't think it is clearly all on chips. Um, but like in your, outside of the, the chips being an issue, because those are an issue. Uh, what do you think the Xbox has done right with this launch? I, I think the, the price point is definitely like what Gilbezi said. The price point is huge, right? That's a, that's a compelling value offering. I think that's really a big thing. Um, I think that like they really leaned into Game Pass. I think they really, really leaned into it to try and say like, you know, ten dollars a month or you know whatever a dollar a month on the promotional side like gets you access to so many of these titles that are out there, which is absolutely true. I think the the real the real crazy part about all of this is they they've been successful with this console and kind of what you said before with like the one. They had a bunch of really strong titles at the launch, but this this go around, all they were promoting was third party stuff, and that's that's to me, that's insanely good when you don't even have an exclusive out there and your console is still selling hand over fist essentially. Um, I, I think I think the marketplace too, even just the demand for a new console like these these. The last generation and even the half steps, I think, have become like old hat. So I think people are just looking for something new. Uh, I think even just with COVID too, the the fact of like, you know, a lot of people were still inside. You know, it was winter time. People were still the lockdown orders were still in in some places still in effect. So everybody was kind of looking for like, what's new? What's exciting? What what can I you know sink my teeth into? Um, so I think given given a lot of factors that could have played into it and really kind of taken it down, they really stepped it up and, and they saw success from that. I mean, even I forget where it was, but 
you know, you look at the last earnings for their, their quarterly earnings was reported um, on the 27th. In the Xbox, the division was up 34% year over year, which is, that's crazy to see. And obviously that's a lot of that comes from the console side, but you know, you're seeing strong growth on that side. You're still seeing that demand for, for a new machine. And I think I got to give them kudos because they, they really, they leaned into Game Pass. And from, you know, from my perspective, they, you know, they weren't selling anything quote unquote new. They were selling a new box, but they were selling a catalog. And that's, that's a really strong proposition. That's, that's real strong, I, I would say, really strong uh, uh, situation that they put themselves in. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, do, do either of you guys see, I mean, uh, I was listening to, I, I think it was on, uh, I think it was on Defining Duke. I think ACG had said something about, um, people being short-sighted and saying, you know, oh, but chips, but chips, but chips, but, you know, the, the semiconductors and, and, and the chipsets won't be, um, how did he put it? They won't be, uh constrained for forever but i mean for for the immediate future do either of you guys see the lack of these chips and chipsets being in a problem for i see it actually being a a huge advantage yeah honestly well first of all both the consoles despite the they obviously both want to sell more and have more available um but as far as i know i think they both reported record sales for a launch so it's not like they're hurting because of mm-hmm. this. But for Xbox, you can you can almost view this as a pause. Everybody had the PS4. They were going to go get the PS5. But now there's this year or so gap where people can't get the consoles and they're just having to look at the news. And Sony keeps having they're, – they're tripping over banana peels. And Xbox keeps saying, oh, this big game, day one. Oh, we've got this game. Oh, we've got this acquisition. We're now making this deal. They're going to have their E3 this, this summer or in, in a month now. And they're going to announce all kinds of stuff and they can just keep making that argument in favor of Xbox. And then when the consoles are available, when the shortage ends, people are going to be thinking about that. So I actually think this is almost an opportunity for them to really uh, make the, a compelling argument in favor of Xbox if they play their cards right, which it seems like they are. I, I think like. I think there's there's truth to that, right? Because even even with the shortage, and sort of like the um, just the supply constraint, you are kind of building you're building this demand for this box. You know, like oh, I can't get one, but I really want one. You know, like there's that that sort of like buildup of demand for this thing. Um, I think they're also lucky too because they're in a spot where they you know. If they have people that are subscribed to Game Pass, they're subscribed to Game Pass. You know, they're still collecting, you know, 10 to 15 bucks a month off of these folks who haven't even upgraded to the next console. Now, I don't I I forget what the numbers are for uh, like PS Plus and the PS Now numbers are like paltry. But, you know, they're not collecting any kind of like monthly monthly um, subscription fee off any of their any of their players. But. You know they are trying to put out new games in the in the idea in the vein of like a Returnal or a you know Ratchet and Clank or whatever's coming. I don't know what's coming after Ratchet and Clank this summer, but um, you know they are trying to push their own IP out there. But Xbox still, I, I think, has got a good advantage here with being the with the fact being 
hey, they're still collecting 10 bucks a month off everybody who's already subscribed to this thing, and they own an old box. So, you know, PlayStation's either got to have to push games that are either exclusive or last-generation games to collect that revenue, or they have to really hope that they can allocate the right amount of chips, sell these PlayStation 5s, and get people hooked onto the software. So they sort of have... They have, I think, a little bit more of a, a steeper hill to climb to win at this point, but Xbox has kind of smoothed out their, they've smoothed out their revenue stream at this point where, where maybe they don't have to worry too, too much about getting a new console into someone's hands. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, you know, with that said, I mean, the big thing that I think we need to probably talk about, uh, right now is is game pass it's huge it's everywhere what um is, i don't what is what is game pass <laughs> uh so game pass is this that's uh the hopper that i can use to go to any arcade and yeah, that's a, yeah yes is that what that is yeah <laughs> um so the the subscription service i actually i looked this up because i wanted to have it right uh it just topped 23 million subscribers as of april 20th so that was all, a little over a week ago, right? And obviously, it's a huge player base, and everyone's talking about Game, Pay, uh, Game Pass right now. Um, but I wanted to ask... I'll start with you, Justin, because you are on the financial side of things. Um, you know, it's it's growing very nicely. I think it was at $18 million back in January, and then you're looking at a 28 percent five growth. five million people in yeah. four months. And it, That's yeah yeah in yeah. a quarter and then yeah. And then it was 15 million back in September. So I mean, it's it is definitely growing. Um, but uh, I guess my con- concern with Game Pass is this is something that Colin has talked about a lot, and it's it's a matter of you know. It, it's not profitable right now, but how do you make it profitable? I think how you make it profitable, obviously, is to have more people join the service. But, like, do you think that Microsoft's going to be able to maintain these huge gains in subscriber base? And the way that Phil Spencer talks about, you know, the, the total addressable market for players, I mean... I, I, BZ probably knows the number, but you know he was he gets out there and he's like, "There's 200 and something million gamers worldwide or players worldwide, whatever the number is." You know he he definitely puts those sort of marketing numbers out there to say like, "Hey, look, the total addressable market for for Game Pass is huge, right? You get everybody subscribed to that, and you get to scale. You're making serious serious money every month." And that's true. It's absolutely true. We've seen this happen with other subscription services like Netflix, with Disney Plus, you know, whatever, whatever. Insert great service that you pay monthly for here. Um, my my biggest thing with this is when you get to scale, how how do you continue to grow at that point? And you know, when you have. 100, 100 million, 200 million, however many people subscribe to Game Pass, you still have to deliver great games, right? It's not just about delivering the same, you know, experience over and over again or the same live experience over and over again. You know, you, you, there, there has to be a level of, like, newness and freshness that goes along with it. And I think 
I think players, gamers and players, whatever you want to call them, I think are probably the most savvy customers when it comes to the stuff where they like, they would in fact sit there and be like, there's nothing on this thing. I'm out. You know, they'll, they'll toss their subscription or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think there has to be, you know, levels of innovation that come with it. And where does that come from? I mean, Microsoft's got 32 studios. They just spent seven and a half billion dollars on Bethesda. You know, there's got to be some sort of a return that goes into that investment. I think there's there's going to be the ramp up period right now. We're already seeing it. They're close to 30 percent growth sequentially, just sequentially on Game Pass subscribers where you're going to see that that return come in. Now, whether or not Game Pass is profitable, I don't know. It's a black box to me. But when I see the amount of cost that goes into the model for that, even into the just the Xbox as a whole model, you're talking about a lot of you're talking about a lot of cost, a lot of development, a lot of synergies that need to be worked out. You know, this isn't just it's a seven and a half billion dollar acquisition. There's stuff like HR and accounting and all that stuff that goes into an acquisition like this that, that you know just doesn't like magically happen, but. For that to happen, I mean, it's it's definitely a clear-cut signal that Xbox is ready to jump into the next, you know, the next foray of their growth model and say, we are here to stay, this model is here to stay, we want to get people subscribed, and we want to be able to offer them the best experience possible. Now, you know, Bethesda, I'm not a fan, I'm not exactly a fan of, like, the Bethesda-style games, maybe doom and uh you know the wolfenstein games but you know they definitely those games definitely sell they're definitely big ticket items for a lot of players out there and i think the more that the more that you put into that model the more development that you put into that model the more you're going to have to expect a a sort a certain return out of that and yeah they've smoothed out the revenue and that's great but at some point i think there is a scale discussion of when they hit that scale point you have to spend a lot to keep people within that model. And that's going to be the bigger question, I think. No, definitely not in the next you know, 12 to 18 months. I think that's like a five-year question down the line. But you know, that's the thing that concerns me as somebody looking at that, that sort of model. But what do I know? I'm just some guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, BZ, the I mean, one thing that you... Uh, Justin is is definitely I think right about is you have to take the cost into consideration and and one of those costs is adding these big titles ex- well not exclusive to Game Pass but like day one uh, Game Pass so like you've got uh, you know Outriders that just came out or you've got MLB the Show that just came out or um, uh, there's another one that uh, launched day one on there's some EA game that's coming out soon. Uh, some yeah, some okay. di- I yeah. don't know what that is. <laughs> um, but uh, but those are those are happening, and that's a, that's another you know um, cost that they have to get uh, through. So what I mean, what is what is your perspective on like the, the on Game Pass and its so? I'll get, I'll go ahead and get into this. Um, have you guys seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari? Okay. Yes. So, uh, for uh, for our foreign audience, I guess it's called Le Mans '66. Everywhere else, Americans are too stupid to know what that is. So we got it called Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, 66. 
coming. The man 66. What's that? Um, so one of the big points in that movie is that Ford is trying to build a race car. But they're trying to convince a lot of the people on the board, why do we build this race car? We make so much more than Ferrari in a we make more in a day than they make in a year. Why do we need to go build this thing to beat them? There's no point to this. And I kind of think that's a similar way that Microsoft viewed Xbox. Why are we competing with Sony like this? We have our Windows, we have Azure and all our cloud services. Why do we need this little side project? And that's when I said earlier that I think Phil Spencer recontextualized Xbox in the context of Microsoft. I think he's turned Xbox kind of into their race car. It's the hot, exciting, sexy product consumer thing that people talk about and people know. It's a place where they can take all their engineering and really push it to the limit and test new things. And it's a big, giant advertisement for what Azure can do. For those who don't know, Azure is a cloud uh, computing service that Microsoft offers. You can build apps and websites and all kinds of network infrastructure within that. And that's one of their biggest revenue generators is Azure, which nobody talks about because it's not a consumer product, really. It's not something that most people would use. It's also that's the color right. of the sky. Uh, the sky in that Windows XP background. Um, but Xbox is doing a lot of that stuff. They're, they're doing engineering work. We're like, I was watching some of their GameStack presentations from a week ago that I don't come close to understanding, but they were talking about features that they're using in the Xbox Series X, like direct storage, that is now going to be implemented into Windows builds. Just every Windows computer is now going to have access to some of these resources and tools and new features that are being pioneered in Xbox. Um, when you're talking about cloud computing and cloud services, and you look at how Xbox has been uh, maneuvering where they have multiple generations of hardware and game streaming through clients or through native apps and you have a PC thing and you have all these accounts connected sharing data you know you're when you upgrade from one console to the next or go to a PC or whatever your save data is transferred you're not having to do PlayStation bullshit download the old game to upload your save to the thing to re-download the game and then whatever you're not having to do any of that it's all just user data transferred and connected and people can voice chat it's one big advertisement for azure and so i think what xbox is doing is they they're, they're in a situation where they don't profit is good obviously but they don't necessarily have to be initially because they're just trying to build the biggest possible platform to start to keep doing all of this stuff. And so I think that's why they're able to spend so much money right now is they're just trying to get it as big as possible. And the other thing to consider, too, is that, you know, you, you can't really compare this to Disney Plus or Netflix or any of that stuff, because if. I, I can pay my $30 or whatever Netflix charges now whenever they raised the price last time. Um, I can pay that and I can go watch Stranger Things. And if I want to, I can buy Stranger Things on Blu-ray. Maybe, probably not. Why would I? It's on Netflix. Xbox, I can buy the game through – or I can play the game through Game Pass – I can buy the hardware. I can buy accessories. I can go buy the game if I want at a discount. I can buy all the other stuff that's not in Game Pass. I'm subscribing to all these. I'm you know I'm giving them subscriptions anyways for Game Pass and for Xbox Live, however long that lasts. 
Like they have so many more ways to generate revenue that I don't think just the money they're pouring into Game Pass has to be directly compared to how profitable Game Pass itself is. It's it's kind of like I said before, it's this is not Xbox versus PlayStation. This is Microsoft versus Sony. This is Microsoft is huge. Microsoft can throw money at this stuff for a while and they'll be fine until the numbers get where they want to see them. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I even to, to harp on that a little bit further too. like, you know, when you look at the subscription model, when you, when you do hit scale and when you do it right, you, you know, the, the game pass revenue becomes a higher margin product or service for them when it's, when it's executed the right way. So even like, you know, selling hardware, yeah, that sucks. You know, there's a lot of cost that goes into selling hardware. The margin sucks on that. But when you're in Game Pass, it's 10 bucks a month, and, you know, you can sign deals that are advantageous to you. The technology's already built out, so you don't really need, like, you know, back-end support. There's not ma- that much back-end support or innovation on the, on the delivery of Game Pass. The, 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 biggest, the biggest cost to that is actually producing the games. And if you can get that to a point that is favorable, again, that $10 a month probably nets them a, a wider margin than they would get selling a $70 game where, you know, tons of marketing has to go into it or, you know, uh, d- you know other forms of distribution have to go into it. Uh, there, there's a, there's probably, you know, that's, I think like when you say back to like when Phil Spencer was sitting there with Nadella explaining like the model to him, I I think he probably sat there and said like, your, your profit margins are going to go from like 20% to like 50. You're going to be netting a ton on this if you can get to scale. And there are so many players out there that everybody's just going to want to be on this if we have the right content. I think that's the, you know, like. I'm not going to say it was, but that would be the discussion. I think if you had if you had to talk to Nadella about that and be like, "Yo, why is this thing worth it?" You say like, "It's going to make us a ton of money in probably a shorter amount of time than you think." But yeah, that's that's kind of what I was. That's my piece. Well, uh, so I mean, I I guess I'll ask the both of you this because I mean, this could be. A nice little debate. Um, so I think that the both of you are right. You know, obviously you get, if you can scale it up to where, you know, right now, so at 23 million, even at the low end, because I know I, like I'm paying 15 bucks a month for, for Game Pass Ultimate. But if you just, if you just take it at face value of 10, uh, ten dollars a month at 23 million subscribers, that's $230 or $230 million a month for Microsoft. But so when we talk about like getting it to scale to where it is profitable or whatever, um, like, do you let me think of how I want to phrase this? Uh, like, how long is this going to take before it becomes like detrimental? Like, if things are slowing down, like, just Okay, so like they just had their uh, their public numbers come out for twenty three million, but like at the earnings call, what was the Microsoft earnings call? I, I it was like a month ago or something like that. They didn't say how many number or like how many 
subscribers that well, you had. Well, in the in the last earnings, which was on the twenty seventh, they, okay. they didn't detail it. They didn't. They they weren't publicly detailing mm-hmm. how many numbers were in there. Um, you know, how many subscribers uh, were in there? They just basically, and you got to remember, this is a huge company. So, like, detailing every little thing like that is, mm-hmm. you know, it's they're they're bowing to different masters, right? They're, they also mm-hmm. have to tell people about like how well Azure did. They have to talk about yeah. how well like the cloud, you know, all that. Also, <clears throat> you know, it may not be a focus for them to be discussing like, oh, and by the way, we got five million more subscribers on Game Pass. It probably doesn't move the mm-hmm. stock. <laughs> That's not a discussion that moves the stock, but you know. But yes, you're right. Uh- well, I, so yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. When those earnings calls, you're talking directly to your share shareholders, and you're. I think Colin. You know. I think Colin Moriarty's talked about that. He he's a investor in Microsoft, and he said when he gets that report every quarter, like Xbox is like a footnote. It's it it's in there, but like it's not anywhere close to the the big piece of the pie. Looking at that, yeah, it's, it's a line item. Yeah. Well, uh, with with Game Pass being like a huge thing, like uh, I know that you've talked with us in in various discords, uh, Gilbezi, about th- like you see this as being the future of of where gaming is going, and it if that's the case, it's very clearly the future of where Microsoft and Xbox is going. I feel like it would be talked about more. Like, why don't they talk about it? In what in what way? Like I, I like I would think that like if you know I, you know if another five million subscribers like like JT was saying or Justin not JT I don't know why the fuck I just called I go JT. by that that's fine Jake Tizzle okay. <laughs> uh, Jake Tizzle um, the team. yeah you know. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously they're not going to do it in like maybe like an earnings call because in the grand scheme of like Microsoft, it's not that big of a deal. But like for Xbox, I mean, five million additional subscribers is, you know, an additional 50 million dollars. If I had to guess, either there are certain milestones they want to announce, like 23 million is like, I don't know, maybe when they hit 25 million, they'll announce it. Then they'll won't say anything. And then when they hit 50, eventually they'll say, I don't know. Um I mean, they're not. I, w- I would say the the focus right now, when it comes to how they talk about Game Pass, is hey, we got a new game for you. Hey, you want to play Outriders? It's in there now. Mm-hmm. You want to play MLB? It's in there. Like it's it's getting talked about. People, you know, and really, I would say they don't need to come out and make this big announcement of we hit twenty three million because here we are, three assholes on the internet talking about how they hit twenty three million. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please two and a half. Josh is a yeah, he's guy. He was late, so yeah, I was late. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure yeah, there are, there are milestones I'm, that they'll hit. I'm sure at E3 maybe they'll say something um, wherever that's at, or maybe they'll I don't know. But uh, I don't think they have to give constant. They don't need like a like a, you remember on uh, on websites like 20 years ago how there'd be like a visitor count. They don't need one of those on the Game Pass website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just ticks up. It'd be cool though, because yeah. I miss those things. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean that that's totally fair. I I just feel like that's a uh, like to me when I see them like they talk about um, you know there were a million players who played Outriders on day one or some shit like that. Like I'm not saying that that's actually like a yeah. press release, but like 
when they do talk about that stuff, I I I feel like it would be. I I feel like when you talk about it, it's kind of the same way you guys were talking about earlier when like you can't buy a console you you kind of want it more it's like they don't talk about these numbers so i i kind of want to know what they are more does that make sense you want to investigate yeah like yeah and i think i think not showcasing those numbers i think just means that they're not ready to disclose really what what the model looks like mm-hmm. they're in growth mode it makes sense i mean you know like when netflix was st- first starting out or any of these companies that are first starting out the you know they don't want to sit there and say like by the way we're losing money hand over fist don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it like you know they they want to get out there and i think when they really want to get out there is when they have to say like by the way we turned a profit on this you know like mm-hmm. we're we're operating this thing profitably you know it's the same it's the same conversation that you can have with like twitch you know, at some point, Amazon, you know, forget Footnote. I mean, I did, did, does Amazon even know that they own Twitch at this point? Like, <laughs> they, they never talk about it in earnings. It's never something that's brought up. Meanwhile, Twitch is the, the foremost place to watch esports. It's being talked about in every regard in terms of like, you know, hey, do you have a Twitch strategy with your video game or an esports strategy with your video game, whatever it is. But Twitch probably is a huge capital and huge expense sucks for the company. So if they're going to talk about it, they're not going to sit there and say like, yeah, we got another, you know, 2 billion viewers on Twitch and like 100 plus gajillion hours watched. Oh, but by the way, the thing operates in the red. So it's a hard, it's a hard conversation to have, mm-hmm. especially with the street when they're saying, like, well, why the hell did you buy this thing? Like, if you bought it and you thought you were going to make, you know, X amount of dollars on it or turn a profit on this thing, what was the point? So I think, you know, not detailing the the Game Pass numbers now, I think is probably the smartest thing they can do because they're still building it out. I mean, it's still, you look at 23 million subscribers and how many consoles were sold between both consoles last last generation it's still a little bit of a drop in the bucket. It's not, it's yeah. not insignificant, but it's still smaller numbers than, you know, even the, the hardware sales that were that were announced. So, it's it's growth mode. It's still growth mode. But yeah, I agree. Like I, I would love to see what the 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 margins are on this business. Maybe they do operate in the red, and they're you know they're signing these deals with Square Enix or or you know Activision or whatever, and saying like look, we'll, we'll pay you whatever, we'll pay you per download, we'll pay you a flat rate, but we want something day one to show on this service we need. Yeah, it. that's the... The same mm-hmm. kind of situation that Epic was... That's with. the one thing I can say is that they've talked about this in the past, is that when it comes to the the publisher side of those deals, they every single deal is made specifically for the game or the situation. There's not a, a blanket deal, you know, they don't just pull the copy out of the file cabinet and hand it to them, and then that's the blanket deal. There are, you know, one game may be uh, based on time played, one game may be based on download, one may be just a here's an upfront payment, we'll give you a million dollars to put this game on here, or whatever the number is. It's it's So the publishers are clearly happy, especially the more, I think that's the one thing to really see, is that the more uh, of these bigger games start coming to Game Pass, the clearer it is that from that end, they're very happy. (laughs) 
Whether Xbox is is bleeding, I don't know. But at least the people making the games, putting them in the service, are coming away very happy with the profits from it. To the point that now EA, I think you can still get EA access on Xbox, just standalone. But they were willing to basically forego that to put it into Game Pass. And now you're starting to see, you know, this, this dodgeball game, I don't really care about it. But it is a big step because that is EA putting a game in there day one after they have seen the numbers from all their other games being in there. And there's there's talk that Battlefield this year might come to Game Pass day one. There's also talk it might be free to play, so I have no idea. But I, I it, it, one or the other, same thing. But uh, clearly the people who aren't Xbox who are jumping in on this are very happy with the what they're able to get from it and also the engagement with their products. So that tells me, at least on Xbox side, there's enough money that they can keep people happy. If that's all, they're just reaching into Microsoft's pocket. I don't know. Um, but going back to the initial point of talking about the numbers, I don't know. Was was 23 million ever actually confirmed by Microsoft? That was a leak. They, a, yeah, a, cr- a credible know. insider. He's got a lot of stuff right, but I, yeah, Joke. but but they may be uh, they may be just waiting to say something at oh at uh, E three. It's it's very possible looking at those numbers that by E three they have twenty five million and they can walk out on stage and say a hey, nice nice round number. Um, I don't know, uh, but I think right now the 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 news is talking for itself. They don't really need to go out and put out numbers because they've just got constant news as to how the service itself is yeah. becoming a better value. I, I think the other thing, too, is I, I don't think they want to get bogged down with questions of like, you know, like, oh, we have X amount of subscribers on this. And then some, you know, analyst goes up to them and says, like, oh, really? That's terrific. So <laughs> how are you going to sell more Xboxes if there are no computer chips out there to make these with? Like, what's your strategy on getting more of these boxes? And I think like some analysts would get out like the, the pactors of the world would get Michael pactors of the world would get out there and say something like, okay, that's great. That's awesome. But you know, like how are you upgrading folks to the next set of consoles? Um, cause I know guys would probably ask jerk questions like that. Be like, uh, can you tell us more about how you're going to sell these? Uh. <laughs> that's how I sounded on conference. Yeah. Calls. I was like, what's your strategy for this? Uh. <laughs> So yeah, I, I think uh, the next thing that I want to touch on is is the games themselves as far as Game Pass is concerned. So, you know, Bethesda just added, you know, the 20 plus games to Game Pass, um, which is great. Uh, and, you know, there are things on there from first party like uh, Crackdown 3 or Forza Horizon. All the hits. Or, or Crackdown 3, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Powered um, by the cloud. Cruises Crackdown Three. <laughs> so you've got all these these games, uh, but I think that the problem I'm seeing is that this launch had Game Pass, and it was like, here, look at all these games you could play, but there's nothing new. Which for me is something that is. Um, I don't know. I got the box. It's got Master Chief on it. He's on the box. <laughs> He is on the box. Uh, I obviously Halo's coming out. Well, I say obviously it's coming I, out this uh, year, but I, it has you know, to. <laughs> we don't know. 
Um, so we we have a very strong assumption that Master Chief or not Master Chief Halo uh, Infinite is coming out this year, but there hasn't, with the exception of what the medium, I think, like there hasn't been any real new games exclusive consoles yeah. like uh, yeah yeah and, and i mean even in general like the the ps5 has what demon souls which is a remake of a two i mean uh, the ps5 has like, uh mlb the show oh wait oh hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i yeah. i guess uh, my question uh, i'll th- i'll throw it to you first gilbezi is uh, do it <sighs> What is the value of Game Passes if all you have is old games? Uh, it's not old games. I mean, they got Outriders on there. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's still stuff coming. It's it's totally. when it comes to the exclusives, it's not there. It will be. Uh, Halo is definitely unfortunate. Um, there's there's talk of three games coming out this year. Possible. I think there's a fourth one that nobody's talking about, but like. Psychonauts has to be out sometime soon. I'm assuming that's going to be like an E3 available now or something. Because when people talk to, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Schafer. He's like, uh, a few months ago, he was like, yeah, we're working on the end credits right now. Like, that's where they're at. Like, that game is done. It's almost just sitting there on the shelf. So I feel like that has to come sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) But Halo's coming. Uh, there's talk of apparently Forza Horizon 5. That seems to be pretty credible. That's coming. Uh, possibly Starfield. I don't know. Uh, but, but I don't know. I think right now there's just such a... There's so much in there and there's so much it offers because when you have Game Pass, you have xCloud, which has mobile gaming possibilities. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's still a strong enough argument right now that they're good. Once you start getting... If, if we get three years down the line and... There's still not much in there that they're adding original wise, like first party. That could be an issue, but I don't think they're going to hit that point. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I my my big thing is like you have 32 studios, you know, like like that, like you got to put something out at this point. Like Halo is Halo without Halo at launch. That's the, the thing to me is the most surprising is this console performs so well. And Halo was supposed to be a launch title. That's insane to me. I mean, they the people are still buying this thing, and Halo wasn't even out. You know, I, I think that's kind of like. I mean, if if Xbox has a Super Mario, it's Master Chief, right? Like that's probably the the most recognizable brand affinity that you can get. Blinks that machine. So. It's- yeah, oh, yeah, oh, right, right. <laughs> if we're looking at uh, uh, animals or people that are under... Or the uh, brute force right. alligator man. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like when Halo comes out, I, I I think there's going to be a surge of people buying these consoles because they're going to... They're going to see this and be like, I want the Master Chief. I want to know what happens to the guy in the suit. So... You know, kudos to them for putting that out this year. That would be great if they could do it. If, if you know, barring, you know, knock on wood, barring any other, like, hiccups. But, you know, to me, it's like, y- you got to really, like, y- you really got to step the exclusive thing up. And, and buying Bethesda, yeah, I mean, definitely. Starfield is, 
I mean, 99.99999% going to be exclusive, right? There's no doubt. There's no doubt Starfield will be exclusive. But it, it needs to hit the foray. Like, it needs to hit the release schedule, or at least give us a release date at this point, so that we have something that we can anticipate. Um, you know, the right now, like, some of these smaller games, yeah, Psychonauts 2, great. I'm sure that'll, that will be a huge kicker for them in terms of, like, value offering on Game Pass. But if something's going to sell a system, it's Halo. It's got to be something like that, or, like, an Elder Scrolls, or... Something along those lines that's really going to push the console forward. And I think even, you know, yes, the mandate is definitely to get people to subscribe to Game Pass, but at some point you do need to sell those boxes too. They manufactured it. They put the money and, and, and time and effort into that box. Yeah, they want to get it into people's hands too. And that's going to be, you know, the... the if, if Game Pass is the circulatory system... The the box has to be like the skin, right, or the 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 actual like skeletal frame that you can actually work with. So, Gross. hopefully, Halo comes out. Yeah, <laughs> what's the reproductive system in X? Oh. The disc drive. Get rid of it. I'll tell you. Castrate it. Yeah. Get rid of the disc drive. <laughs> it's it's going to be an asexual machine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think I I would. Hope to see Halo come out. I think they'll probably want it to compete with all the other, you know, big shooters that come out later this year. So I'm not, I'm not thinking anything before October. But yeah, it's gotta, they, they gotta step that part of their game up big. Well, uh, speaking, uh, not really speaking of that. I don't know why yeah. the hell I said that. Hit it, hit that segment, <laughs> hit it, go. For uh, it. Speaking so one one thing that I think is uh, really kind of worked. I, I don't want to say worked in Xbox's favor, but like uh, like it. Game Pass is getting a lot of really good press. Like it just it just is, uh, and and by extension, Xbox is getting a lot of good pass uh, or press. And I feel like. If you take a look at the launch of these consoles as compared to last time, the media has completely reversed things. Like, it's literally the exact opposite. Xbox is kind of the golden child child of the moment. It's saying the right things. It's doing the right things. And it's almost kind of the complete opposite of Sony. But... I wanted to ask you guys specifically because we are seeing so much of the stuff uh, and I'm, I'm going to be right up front with this. I heard this question posed earlier and I don't know the question or like the answer to it, but it, I thought it was an interesting question to ask. Uh, and so the way it was phrased was basically, you know, Sony is getting shit on by the media right now. It's just that that's what's happening. And, and to be fair to them, they are doing a lot of things that are, I think objectively, if you just look at like what they're saying and what they're doing, it's, it's bad for the consumer. Right. But Microsoft, even with all of this good PR has some stuff that I feel like isn't being talked about. Um, in any sort of objective way. And that is uh, stuff like the fact that Hellblade 2 just got its director. Like, that game was announced two years ago. It just got its director? Wait, what are what you are doing you over there? Or 
Uh, well, that's that's what I understand to be the case. Uh, I'm not. Yes, Senna was sacrificed too much. Uh, <laughs> um, Hellblade Two director. I'll just look that up real quick. Um, yeah, I'm seeing this. J- July third just uh, is now the game director. So, I mean, July third is the game director. I love well, that. Uh, Ronnie <laughs> Tucker. Uh, but uh, July third of last year was the was the announcement. Or, or <coughs> Ronnie Tucker sounds like my favorite high school bully. <laughs> like, oh, here comes Ronnie Tucker. He's gonna wedgie all the nerds <laughs> in this hallway. Yo, um, you know who Ronnie Tucker hooked up with last night? Oh my God, this guy. So, uh, so that's a thing. But then also, uh, Halo Infinite didn't it? Um, I mean, the director of the game. I think two directors of the game have left Infinite, right? And it had a whole like it's going through a whole redesign process right now. Like, there seems to be like some mismanagement of the studios, and there seems to be like some things that are going wrong. Like Justin was saying earlier, you've got. Uh, 32 studios. Why do none of them have a game coming out like this year or next year? Um, that we know about, I should say. Yeah. And they, they were acquired, you know, I don't know how many, you you, go busy probably knows this better than I do, but you know, those acquisitions of those studios were made, you know, yeah. So you're, you're talking about, you know, discount the fact that we're in May, right? So two years ago, two and a half years ago, like it, it's, they, they, I know taking, I know making games takes a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, like it does take a significant amount of time to make games, but you know, you're, you, you gotta, I think they really need to show something for it soon because I, I think the, the PlayStation, albeit like their, look, their marketing is ter- like Jim Ryan, <laughs> like basically has like feet coming out of his mouth at this point. They're not <laughs> it's like he's spewing feet out of his mouth. But, um, you know, like they're, they're the, the mandate is slow and steady, you know, it's just keep releasing these, um, keep releasing these IP, right. Keep re- put, put out Returnal, put out Ratchet and Clank. We're going to do another, you know, we're going to do that. We're, we're going to partner with Square Enix to do the DLC for Final Fantasy VII. We're going to keep pushing forward on these media. We're going to exercise as much as we can out of Naughty Dog, but you know, they, they have, Xbox has a ton of resources and maybe this is just a big company problem where, you know, it's Microsoft and this is the Xbox division of Microsoft and they have so much red tape and corporate bureaucracy that there that's there that people are probably just sitting there twiddling their thumbs like, okay, I got what, uh, what's the number? Can you give me the extension of Ninja Theory? Uh, you know, like it's like that <laughs> kind of stuff. So maybe that's just a, a little bit of the issue. There's just some internal obstacles that they have to get over. But um, yeah, at some point, it's like you like put something out. Like even if it's like a double, like a double A type game, or you know, more indie stuff. Like that rare game looks awesome. I can't wait to see what that game is. Yeah, you'll be waiting for a while. That's a that's so a be waiting for a while on that one. Uh, right, like exactly, like you know, we because they they that was one of my favorite things Not last uh, when they did that yeah. whole thing in june or whenever that was uh they showed that game and they revealed it and people were like oh my gosh everwild what is this and then they talked to the game director and she was like we don't know what the gameplay is yet but it's coming and it's like (laughs) what do you mean you don't know what the gameplay is she's like the trailer went out like huh you had a gameplay trailer what does that mean 
But, yeah. She's like, I know. shit, Jim put the trailer out? Uh, Hellblade, I'm not too worried about. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Melina Jurgens. She's the actress for Senua. She has been, she's posted a couple um, vlogs leading up to Hellblade 2. The most recent one, basically, she's going through fight training so she can do her own choreography and, and mocap her own motions for combat. Um, so that tells me that aspect of the game is coming up soon, which I would assume all this time they've been working on environments and gameplay and all that stuff. So I'm not too... I think this gameplay director, it's not they just now got a director. I think it's a new person moved on to the project. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that one. Hmm. That yeah, it could have been something, something like that. Well, apparently she was on uh, Bleeding Edge before, which was a real winner of a game. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that one I'm still expecting maybe next holiday. Um, I, I really think that one's going to be the first full next gen exclusive from them. Um, no, no Xbox mm. One version. Um, but yeah, they got they got to get things out uh, again. I think there's stuff coming this year. Um. Some of the stuff they revealed may or may not. I don't know when, like, Fable's coming because they announced that one in 20, 2020, but that was rumored from that studio in, like, 2017. So that one's been in the works for a while now. Yeah. I don't know when that's actually coming. Probably still a ways off. But you look at the number of studios, you look at their projects. I think what they're doing is they're willing to hold a bit here, kind of like with Halo, where they were willing to delay it for a year. Because they want to get it right. And once, they, once they're able to get in a nice flow, once the games start coming, like you've said, they've got all these studios. They're going to start coming. And it's not you can't even stop at the number of studios because Ninja Theory has three games in the works right now. Uh, you look at, you know, Playground Games is making a Forza and a Fable, or there's, I, there's several different examples of studios that are working on Obsidian's making like 18 games right now, just based on everything they've said, like they, but they want to get it right. They can't just start shoving out garbage and then we'll fix it. You know, fuck it. We'll do it live. Like they're not going to do it like that. They got to <laughs> get it going. Um, Somebody talked to somebody over at yeah, that's right. Red, and they were like, "How's everything going over there?" And they were like, Don't worry about it. Like, we're just gonna. I I really hope a book is written like, someday like, of just like. other developers' reactions to to that. I bet as soon as all those as, as soon as Cyberpunk came out and all these stories started flowing, I bet every studio in the world had some little coder somewhere in the back of the room stand up and go, "I told you." Stop! Hey, hey, what I tell you? I I told you we can't shit this thing out. Like, I think that that was a big sign to a lot of people that just take your time and get it right. Especially for some stuff like Halo, uh, Forza Motorsport, the new one. I've you know I talked about this on the last episode. Uh, I think maybe Halo and possibly the next Elder Scrolls. Not everything, but I think there are some games that are going to be built around the idea of being Game Pass games. So they're not necessarily games as a service, but there is like, here is our 10-year platform Halo that we're going to continually add new campaign missions and add new multiplayer features and modes and stuff. And so you don't want to launch that in a bad state. You want to get it right 
so that you have these consistent games on Game Pass that people can go back to. And if that's how you're designing the game from the start, you definitely you don't want to roll the dice on being Avengers or No Man's Sky or whatever, whichever way that lands. Um, you want to get it right. And so it sucks for them because they don't have a lot in that exclusive department yet. But I think it speaks a lot that they're willing to wait. You know, I don't know. We've seen Sony delay games. Could Sony have afforded to delay The Last of Us a year? I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is this is one of those things. It's like time will tell, I guess. Story purposes, right? Mm, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right because like when you look at the when you look at something like the mm-hmm. Destiny model and you think about how the mechanics of Destiny work, I, I haven't played Destiny in probably th- whatever it was since since two essentially came out. But if I jump back into Destiny, it's muscle memory. It's like riding a bike, and they'll they'll hit me over the head with whatever you know the latest and greatest stuff is in there. I could see them doing something like that with their biggest franchises and keep them as like, you know, essentially live service games. And you know um, that for all of destiny two is on game pass, including the most recent expansion. And that's not, I'm not trying to make a point about the game pass deal, but clearly that model works in that ecosystem in that format. So yeah, like to, to your point about like getting it right, it, it with your biggest franchises with your best brands, yeah, you you don't want to half-ass it, right? I, I totally get it. Um, yeah, and I, I but my my big thing is like I just hope that you know with the amount of investment that goes into these games and the amount of resources and development, like you know, just to get pressed to put out exclusives. And maybe they have the they have the cachet to just wait, but to to get pressed to put out stuff, you do run into a situation where you where you release something and it's like eh, we pretty much push this out the door at seventy five percent, and then it does look like a black eye for them. Yeah, maybe that might be a smaller title. I don't like you said. I don't think they're going to look to do anything below one hundred and ten percent of what they think is ready for Halo, but. You know, that's that's the cautionary tale that I look at is is saying like, yeah, if they put out Senua, like they put out the next, um, you know, let's let's hypothetically say they put out Hellblade and it was, you know, met with middling result, like middling reviews and it wasn't really that good. Like that would be a pretty big black eye for them because you, know, you look at it and say like, yeah, this was this was their investment in Ninja Theory. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they really need to nail a lot of this stuff and it's it's got to be. It's got to be good. It's got to be really, really good because I, I do think at some point you're, you're, you're going to have to not, not that you're going to have to, but if you really do want to play the new IP and the freshness game, you're going to have to get the talent and the resources that are going to match up to something like mm-hmm. Naughty Dog. You know, like you're going to have to play, a, not play the entire game, maybe the first half of it, so to speak, but. You're going to have to put out exclusives that match that of, you know, the Sony tentpole games or or even in even in regard like the the best that Nintendo has to offer. Right. Like uh, something like a, um, you know, like Breath of the Wild, where you put this masterpiece out and it's like, you know, wow, how do you how do you replicate that kind of success? How do you replicate or capture that lightning in a bottle again? It's really it's takes a lot. of And to go back to Halo. 
Which is the bigger black eye, launching without Halo or launching with a shitty Halo? Like, oh, I think launching with a shitty that would have been a face plant. <laughs> that would have, oh, yeah, horrible. Agree. That would have been every bit yeah. of a Tony Hawk game. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, percent agreed. Uh, well, I think something that I want to touch on uh, real quick. Um, I had it in, in the next section, but like you already brought it up is so if, if we see a lot of these, uh, you know, Xbox studios games, like, like halo, cause they've already talked about their, their five-year plan or whatever. Um, or you look at something like Forza horizon four, which is, I think three years old at this point and it's still going. So you have these games becoming more of like a, a platform or, or a game as a service sort of thing. Um, Microsoft has talked about, and even uh, some publishers and developers have talked about, like Game Pass players are more likely or are more likely to spend on on the games or whatever. But like, if you have this sunken cost of say, I, I'm just throwing these numbers out there, so don't don't fact check me because they're probably wrong. But say you have a three hundred million dollar investment on the development of Forza Horizon. I don't know, man. That sounds way too high. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but say so you have that, right? And then you have to continue to, to develop for that. How do you account for the sunken cost there with just a Game Pass subscription? Um, I think the I think there's two goals to doing some of these platform games. One being it's padding. So if you you look at all their studios, let's say they can put out six big games a year, one every two months. And then you can fill those off months with, okay, January, we put out the new Obsidian game. February, we launch a Halo map pack or a Halo update, multiplayer update or expansion or something. Something something smaller that keeps people engaged with the games in your, in your platform. So I think that's part of it. Um, and then you look at some of these things like Forza, where why do we need a new one every three years? Just keep building the one you've got. Um, but I know specifically they're doing this with Forza. That's why it's not Forza Motorsport 8. It's just Forza Motorsport. Uh, I think it was yeah. Aaron Greenberg was talking about this on a podcast. But when you're talking about the cost, right now, if, if you're making a big AAA game, your goal is to make that game in a reasonable enough time, ship it, and then start working on the new one because that one you shipped is not going to sell forever. So you're stuck in this three, four-year cycle, uh, or for some studios, annual cycle, um, of we've got to keep ramping up production, getting something out, you know, churning, 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 uh, crunching, 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 and then get it out, and then we can't rest because we've got to get to work on the next one. Whereas, as far as I can tell, the reason we're seeing a lot of these games as a service pop up is because it breaks you free of that cycle. I have a feeling it's a whole lot easier to put out an expansion for a game than it is a whole new having to justify a whole new game with new features and new all this, you know, all this new development. You're just having to add on to it. So I think when it comes to the cost, I would say it's cheaper probably in the long run to have a Forza run for 10 years than to put out three different Forza games in the same time frame. They just put out the one and then you can add your new cars to it and add, you know, maybe one year is a little bit skimpier than the next. I don't know. 
but I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the development costs of that versus the regular model as we see it now. I think the other thing, too, to, to note is they're going to put Forza out. It'll be on Game Pass, but you'll be able to download yeah. that game or buy that game at 70 bucks. They They will... There are people who are just not going to subscribe to Game Pass, and if it's an exclusive, they'll still... <laughs> if, if somebody's willing to pay $70 for that, I'm sure Microsoft is going to say, like, <laughs> great, yeah. sold. Like, they're going to absolutely sell it to you. But I, I think that... I think you're you're right. I think you you're right that you will need you will have these smaller dedicated like triaged teams that come in. They build out you know whatever it is the cosmetics or mm. the like the map packs or whatever these are to help keep the life cycle of the game going while these other while the other core development resources are being put into either a sequel which probably less going to be the case if you have a live services game running or new IP, which is totally, totally reasonable too. I, I just think when you, when you are developing something like new IP and then running that live services game, you are still going to have to, like, it's still going to take resources, right? It's still going to take capital to, to do that. And the expense line, I think ends up you do. I think you do end up getting into a situation where you do have to keep the expense line up for development reasons because you do need freshness. Like you know, as much as a Forza is going to live on forever and ever and ever, and that's great. And there are people that probably only play that game or, or play similar games to it. But you know, there are there are people who are going to say like, "I'm done with this. What's next?" You know, like, and if that means it's Halo or if that means it's uh, you know, something completely brand new, you still have to put the resources into a brand new experience. And whether that takes, you know, development capabilities of like a giant studio or maybe a bunch of smaller studios to work on it, it's still it's still going to require capital. It's still going to require that expense. And I think that's that's the tougher pill for me to stomach here is like if you want to keep people engaged on this platform, you are going to have those dedicated people who only play whatever it is. And, and we've seen this, right? Like, Fortnite came out how many years ago and people are still playing that game? Apex came out Jesus. how many years ago people are still playing that game? Like, you know, you can really suck people into those titles. And I think it's going to be even really harder for Microsoft to kind of, like, justify somebody spending a $10 a month subscription on Game Pass when their competition is a free-to-play game. That's going to be even... That's going to be a tough marketing pitch too but you still have to you know keep people engaged with this platform and that that to me is like what does that look like does that look like a hundred small games or does that look like four like you said six games a year that are big ticket items and they still cost a lot so you know that's why scale to me on the game pass side of things makes a ton of sense because if you don't get to that, like, whatever the marker is, if it's 100 million subscribers, that's probably what it is to where they're saying, like, we can sign all the licensing deals we want. We have pricing power. We can put as many resources into games as, as we can. We have a healthy, steady revenue stream that, that can match to the costs that we're allocating towards these games. Like, that's the, that's the model to me that is going to be... I think it's going to take years, really, to get to that point. But 
Um, that's my that's like my biggest. Concern. Well, one thing to note uh, talking about free to play is that they're not opposed to that either. I mean, Halo Infinite's multiplayer is going to be free to play, even outside of Game Pass. So, I mean, that was confirmed at some point last year, but. Yeah, I mean, that's like yeah, probably yeah. the smartest move they can make, right? Is like get everybody into this game as, as much as you can, um, especially with like your biggest franchise. Like, look at what they did with Call of Duty. I mean, they sell that game at full <laughs> price and they make you pay microtransactions on your season passes and your, your currencies. Zone, and, yeah. Right. Like your season pass. Like, like, if anybody did it right, I think, like, I think. Activision really crushed it with Call of Duty, pivoting that title, not even pivoting it. They branched it in a way that, like, really, really, I, I don't think anybody else, like, you, you know, you said it before, BZ, with, like, the fact that Battlefield might be free to play. Like, they, I don't think EA at this point could charge for a Battlefield and then also say, oh, there's a free to play mode in here, too. Like, I don't think anybody's getting away with that anymore. I think Call of Duty is the last one to be able to get away with something like that. But it's tough. Games are tough. <laughs> Games are tough. Um, and you know what I think might be tough is um, knowing where Xbox is headed. Some would say the moon. Um, I'm, I hate that transition. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, um, so right now Xbox seemingly has all the momentum, uh, and I'll, I'll throw this to you first, Justin. What do you think they need to do to maintain this momentum? Hmm, That is a good question. I I think they like 27% sequential growth in game pass is phenomenal. Keeping a 25 to 30% growth rate for Game Pass, albeit in the first, I would say in the first, you know, 2021, 2022, you're probably going to see extreme growth. I think they have to figure out what scale is, and I think they have to figure out how to keep that model going at a profitable rate when they hit scale. I think that's going to be the toughest hurdle that they have, and I think that's what, I think that's what Phil Spencer is probably crunching the numbers on right now, you know, they don't need any help in marketing. They're crushing it. They're, they're, it, it's literally, I've said this before, it's somehow the cool thing to root for the Yankees right now. Like, they're the... No. They're the... No, 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 no. <laughs> Give me a break. They spent $7.5 billion on a studio, and people were like, cool, great. They're, like, excited about it. But all kidding aside, like, they... they are going to keep pushing that forward. They're going to keep pushing the acquisitions forward. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. And maybe they're smaller, maybe they're bolt-on acquisitions, maybe they're tuck-in acquisitions or whatever they are. They're not, I don't think they're going to spend another $10 billion on a studio just yet. I think they have to prove that the Bethesda deal is going to work before they can get you know, bigger approval to, say, buy, like, I don't know, like an EA or something. But if they were going to go and, and make more acquisitions, I think they'll be smaller. But the, 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 big, the biggest hurdle, I think, for them is getting this Game Pass subscription model to scale. I think that's going to be the biggest question. And I think eventually people are going to start asking, you know, what is 
the story with Game Pass in terms of like where where this thing ends up going. Is this going to be the you know end all service that I need in terms of video gaming? Right? Do, do, as as somebody who doesn't even own an Xbox, am I going to need Game Pass at some point? Maybe I don't know. Who knows? But. I think that's going to be the bigger, the biggest hurdle for them to get over. Otherwise, the, the only other immediate response I have is, "Yo, put that Halo out." <laughs> Where is Halo? Um, I, the one thing I think the, the real smart move they're making, uh, you know, they have the whole connected ecosystem between console and PC now, um, and they just made a move the other day to to in theory, boost their PC profit, their PC gaming profits by, or not their profits, but their uh, their popularity among developers, I guess. Their um, revenue share, right? Yeah. They're making some moves there. I guess they're serious about their PC space. But um, the one thing I think to watch is xCloud, because here it's not, I mean, in, in the U.S., it's, you know, it's a neat thing for people that works. They can use that. That's fine. I don't see that being anybody's primary way of engaging with that. So it's possible. But I've been thinking about this in terms of them finally getting into Asia, which is something something they've wanted and something they've never managed to do. Um, portable gaming is huge in Japan. Uh, giant consoles are less huge in Japan. Um, I think that's one of the big problems they've always had is that Xbox is a giant-ass console. And... People don't want to take up that space. But now with streaming, it's just on your phone. It's just right there. And they're going for all these Japanese deals, you know, getting all these Square Enix things on there. They're potentially going for Kojima. They're trying to make that value proposition to the Asian market. And when I look at something like xCloud, I look at the gaming culture in Japan and Korea where mobile gaming is popular, uh, net cafes are for some reason, still a thing, like a popular thing. But like, if you're just trying to boost subscriptions, you don't have to sell them a console. You don't have to sell the games. But if you get a bunch of people signing up for Game Pass so that they can walk into their local net cafe and just play the new whatever, they can just log into Game Pass and through xCloud on this thing's super internet, just play whatever. Um, you know, that's a big... Uh, that's a big feature to offer. Yeah, so I can see them making moves that maybe here might not push the needle a lot, but that worldwide could get them a lot of people saying, yeah, I can spend $10 a month. Yeah, sure, I'll get into that. Or I guess it's 15 if you want xCloud. But yeah, I can I can jump on board. And so there's a lot of moves like that they can make that would, they would not just grow Game Pass subscriptions, but grow the Xbox audience past what it's ever been capable of being, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Josh? What do you think? <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I think my biggest thing for them that uh, that I I want to see happen in order for them to maintain and keep in mind, I'm just one person, right? But I think, uh, I mean, I might be multiple. I don't know. I think I have. Uh, You're the guy from Split. Yeah. What I was just about to say the uh, the disorder he has. What is it? Uh, multiple personality. Yeah, but uh, dis disassociative identity disorder or something like that. Is that right? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm not a psychologist. Does that come out to like dude? Is that what that uh, acronym is? I think it's DID. Did. 
I did. I did poorly on my. I researched <laughs> Xbox before this. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I didn't know we were doing a whole psychology <laughs> section, <laughs> right? <laughs> um. So my my thing is, I feel like uh, so everyone talks about oh, Game Pass is such a great value. Game Pass is such a great value, and it is like. For $14.99, I have access to all of these games. But there are a bunch of games on there that I've either already played or I have zero interest in. Like, that, just straight up. There are games on there that I have interest in that I'll just never get to. What I am looking for, though, when I go into Game Pass, or, or not even necessarily when I go in there, but like the the thing that drew me to grab my Xbox first was the promise of getting stuff like new Halo, new Gears, new Forza, uh, Hellblade Two. Like I'm, you guys have no idea how stoked I am for Hellblade Two. I love that first game. I think if you want to piss some, or well, I want to piss some people off. Uh, both games came out in 2018, and uh, both dealt with Norse mythology. And I think Hellblade is a better game than God of War 2018. Okay, All I, right, I, yep. I no, <laughs> I, I can't even cross that bridge there. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's better, but you know, it, whatever. It's not for everybody. Um, but the the point I'm trying to get to is. I came to Xbox because I enjoy the exclusives that they have. Um, I am always going to own a PlayStation. I know that I am. I am always going to own some form of Nintendo because of the exclusives. But I prefer to play almost everything on my Xbox. I need a reason to play my Xbox. I need Hellblade 2 to come out. I mean, like, the thing is, you you own 32 studios. I, I got I to gotta correct it. They own 23 studios. <laughs> It's 23. 23. Uh, oh, well, maybe I'm just dyslexic. Um, uh, Don, Don from editing, yeah. can you go back, re- redo <laughs> all those, please? Um, but, okay, so they, they own all these studios. R- regardless of what the number is, it is significantly more than what PlayStation owns. PlayStation owns 10, right? Or, or 11, something like that. Or 12, something like yeah. that. It's, it's, it's a very small amount in comparison to Microsoft. Where are these exclusives? Like, I that's what I want to play. Like, and admittedly, there isn't that on PlayStation side either. Like, I think I've probably played my Switch more than I have anything in the last two years, right? Yeah, that's the real winner in this. So, uh, but I, I guess, I, I guess, in order for me, from my perspective, what they have to do to maintain the, the, the sort of like positive wave that they're on right now is they have to get these exclusive out and they have to be of good quality. They cannot continue to put out something of like, and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I actually really like the outer worlds a lot. Here we go. Oh. I, I, I like it. I think it's a good game, but it's not, it's not the last of us two. It's not ghost of Tsushima. It's not a uh, fucking Hades. Oh, I mean, Hades isn't an exclusive, but like, the games that Microsoft has been putting out of recently from their first party have just not been to the same level of quality that these other games are. And like, they can't continue to push out these. This is going to sound bad. And I don't, I don't mean it in this way. I just can't think of a, a, a better word. <laughs> Here it comes. 
they can't keep pushing out these subpar so, movies. Uh-huh. Oh, like, so, <laughs> oh my god! I, I can't, I can't, I can't think of a better way to phrase it. But like, uh, like they're putting you, out. You just shit your pants too. <laughs> they're putting out good games, but they're not putting out great games. So, uh, like, here's you know what here's, I'm saying. I think I think the I think the the yeah. if I could just jump in here I think the term you're looking for is I think they put out safe games. Okay. They put out things that are that are very safe. They're very you know, not not to say like they're they're by the book, but I think a lot of their games are are you know, look they did five gears. They did they're they're doing a sixth Halo. It's stuff that works. You know that those games work. They're pe- they're games that people like. They yeah, and then a lot of they, they can they control well. They have stories that some, that people want to continue to see and hear about. Like, it's a safe choice. It's the same reason why Sony is like, shit. That Last of Us game did really well, huh? We'll make another one. Hey, by the way, we'll just this that Drake guy. Let's just throw in like another. <laughs> like let's 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 like make them multiply out of nowhere. Like it's it makes sense. Like I get it. Sorry, I, I no, you're good. Uh, so one thing I will say to that is that yes, they don't have the big cinematic, triple A looking, triple A feeling games. You know, you're not going to cry playing a lot of their games unless you're crying over the quality. But uh, for for some of them, for some of them, but like you look at like something like okay, it's easy to look at Forza and be like, eh, it's a car game, but they put Forza on Steam and it was huge. They sold a ton. I don't remember the numbers, but it was massive. You, they put Sea of Thieves on Steam, and it was like one of the top-selling games through all of last summer. Like, it was like number one for multiple months in a row. Like, no, they're not the big prestige. They're not going to win awards for acting and storytelling and all that, but they are games that people want to play. There's kind of more of a focus on the multiplayer fun community aspect than a single-player narrative experience. I think they're catching up in that narrative department too. Through some of the, you know, they're basically they own all of the Western RPG studios ever now. Um, they basically own anything that's ever made a good Western first-person shooter to some extent. Like they own all of the stuff. Um, so I think that stuff is coming, and especially through things like Hellblade and all that, obviously. But you know that that's kind of. They don't have the balls. To That's right. That yeah. Well, I don't know. They're going to Kojima after he got turned down by everybody else. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he finally wandered up to their door. So could you imagine if he went to like Jeff Bezos and he was like, he was like, I basically made a video game about <laughs> your business. Can I make? Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? They had the monster energy. Could you imagine <laughs> if it was just Norman Reedus running around with Amazon smile packages? Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. No, I, I, as a sidebar here, I want the rumors to be true so bad that they are getting, they're working with Kojima and they are going to go to Konami and pay to license out Metal Gear and that there is an Xbox exclusive Metal Gear Solid made by Kojima. I don't even care about Kojima or Metal Gear. Metal Gear. I just want that to be true because the internet would fucking hate it. Like, I just want to see that happen. They would lose their minds. Oh, but th- that's beside the point. I think a lot of their games, yes, there have been flops, but I think their games are successful, just not in the same way that you're seeing from Sony. Um, And they're giving a variety. This is, you know, you were talking about how there's a lot of stuff on Game Pass you don't want to play or that you don't have time for or whatever. I think that's just something people are going to have to get used to. 
is that there's there's more games. The games are longer. You can't play everything. Not everything is for you. I'm looking at things like Returnal. It may be great. It may be getting all the Game of the Year awards. I don't know. I just look at it and go, I don't have. I don't, I'm not interested. I'm going to play something else. The I'm just, yeah. you know, it's just not for me. And that's something people just have to get used to. You can't play everything. You can't mm-hmm. hit everything. Not every game is going to be something that appeals directly to you. It doesn't mean it's not successful on its own or it's good on its own merits or whatever. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they're not award. They're not like always yeah. going to be the award winners. They're mm-hmm. not always going to be, but for sure. Yeah, they're not going to be the Ratchet and Clanks of the world, you know, sitting there saying like, oh man, I love, like, I want to be a Lombax. I want to fuck that girl Lombax. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't but we, we were all thinking it. <laughs> but, but we all, yeah, but we're all winking at each other now. The, the cyberpunk mod on Ratchet and Clank where you can fuck the... I wonder how she's the, using a Ratchet over there. Or Clank. I wonder how she's using Clank. This, what do you think is in her tool belt? This hurts me. Physically hurts me. This is a you children's game. You invited us. This is. You knew. I can't wait for the the next game. They give it to Naughty Dog. Oh, Slick God. Clank beat the fuck out of That's Ratchet a with a hammer. With a, with a golf club. Just. <laughs> you use you used me all these years. Jesus. You didn't even ask. You just I, used me. I don't, I don't. But something I did want to talk about a little bit is that when I look at Sony, I think Xbox has been the most interesting thing to watch for the last few years because they've been the ones who have been back in the corner. And it's like, OK, what are they going to do? Sony is now the one that's starting to get in that position because, I mean, obviously, they're Sony. They're still selling well. They're still having these huge blockbuster games. But. When it comes when when the market is now shifting to things like Game Pass, people are, keep looking at Sony and saying, "Okay, when are they going to compete? When are they going to put something out that competes with this?" I don't think they can. I don't think they have that much money to go out and make the deals to make PS Now or whatever something a compelling alternative. So I want to see what they're going to do. Either it's nothing, and they end up slowly de- declining and just becoming a you get this if you want the exclusives platform. I don't know. Or they come up with something really cool that nobody's thought of yet. I don't know where that goes. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a question mark. I, I I personally think like if I were Sony at this point, and and I knowing everything that I know, and I'm sure I don't know more than them at this point, but I I would start having the conversations with Google. Yeah, and start saying things like. Your Stadia tech works. Yes. You have shit games. Right. How do we make this happen? Like, I would want to see something like that Mm -hmm. start to come into fruition. Even, like, the amount of money that they're putting into, like, Epic Games, I think there's there's a conversation there for them to kind of marry each other. Because you look at Epic, 40% of revenue from from Fortnite comes from the PlayStation side of the equation. You know, it's, it's half, it's almost half that from Xbox and then for mobile it's like de minimis but you know there there are partnerships that that Sony could leverage at this point if they're willing to pull back the kimono a little bit but I don't know that Sony is going to be the the company that does that cuz historically they play everything close to the vest they are not ones to really give too much information about what's going on behind mm-hmm. the curtain 
But if I were them, I, I like, you know, yeah, you have PlayStation now. It works. Start putting stuff on there like day one. You you get people to sign up for that that service if you started putting the games there, you know, either day one or, you know, with a limit, like a shorter window from release to subscription. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they have to start thinking about which direction they can go with that service and then who they could. And I guess that's my point is that like, okay, even if it's a loss at first, Xbox can afford to put their first party games into Game Pass day one at a loss to eventually grow this. Can Sony take something like The Last of Us and say, okay, we're going to forgo this game being profitable to try to build this thing. Can they do that? How long can they afford to do that? Because, you know, like I said, it's not Xbox PlayStation. It's Microsoft Sony. Microsoft could run right. Xbox for like the next decade without profit. I mean, without with, with them bleeding money left and right. They, they're fine. Sony, I'm pretty sure they're, they're, you know, their biggest product is the PlayStation. It's the it's the biggest. Yeah, it's their biggest thing. So so can they risk that? Service is their biggest thing. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the big question mark. Yeah, and and to your point, like your to your point, like with the Last of Us, like you know that game sold five million units yeah. within weeks. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to look at that and say like you know that's whatever however many millions of dollars that we're raking in in the first couple of weeks. Is it really worth it to sell a promotion to, to sell the PlayStation now, even at promotional prices? Are we even going to really make that up? Like that's, you know, at some point you look at that and you say like, I'll take the revenue. You know, like I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not gonna take the the game. I'm not gonna roll the dice at this point. Um, you know, if it, maybe if it's something that was developed with the PlayStation Now service in mind, but that, that again, like that means you have to go out and develop something for that. That's tough. So the, the one thing they really do have right now is VR, um, which, they, which right now they technically kind of don't have, um, unless you go through some loophole process to get a dongle and all this stuff, but that is coming. Uh, and you know, when people talk about Sony and their, uh, their lack of innovation in games, kind of, you know how they're, they're going for, the big guaranteed payday of like Uncharted and The Last of Us and all this and, and guaranteed hits. I think you are seeing the really cool, innovative old PlayStation in the VR space where they're making just weird ass yeah. Astrobot platformer thing and, you know, whatever. And so I think that that is a com- you know, Astrobot, one of the top yeah, games of last year. I don't know. Actually, I, I, I played it a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, I can, this, was, this, this was a good game. But yeah, somebody actually reminded me to play that because they thought it wasn't that good. And then mm-hmm. I played it, and I was reminded of how good it was. I forget who that um, asshole uh, was, but uh, <laughs> it'll come to me eventually. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfectly fine game. <laughs> uh, I think I think we kind of got through all of the, the big questions that I had here on the outline. Uh, so I, I'll pose this question to the both of you, and we'll start with you, Gil Beasy. Or, who's, or just, who's your favorite? I don't know which Pick one now. Go. Uh, oh, God. Uh, 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 Craig. <laughs> My middle name's Shay. I'm close. Yeah, I'm close. We're together. Is... I got it. <laughs> So, uh, all right, we'll we'll start with uh, Gilbeasy first, uh, real quick. Just 
run me through your ideas. Um, Xbox One. How do you feel about their games? Are they are they good enough to continue succeeding? Two. Does the console is it different enough from what they've got going on now? Like, is it different enough from the Xbox One or the uh, 360 to to really matter? Uh, like, do they even need a box anymore? And does having Game Pass everywhere really do something for the player, or is it just a revenue stream for Microsoft? Uh, okay, well, talking about the box. Repeat the first. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know the answer to the first one, and then I got on the second one, and then I was thinking about that, and then he got to the third question, and I wasn't listening because I was thinking about the second question. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> You're like, like no, yes, yeah, maybe uh, if Abraham, I should have eaten a bigger lunch. Uh, uh, no, um, when it comes to the box, uh, I think they're actually in a really smart space. They've done something really intelligent in that. Right now, the X, the xCloud servers, if you were to go into their server farm, whatever, and pull out the rack, there are Xbox One S boards sitting in a server. I think by the end of this year or maybe next year, all of those are going to be Xbox Series X boards. So they're basically doing all the R&D together. So even if in 10 years most people are streaming, when they go to update their servers with new hardware... They've already done the R&D. Just slap it in a consumer box and put it out there for the people that want it. So, yes, I think they're, the box is still something that's going to continue to exist. I think there's still plenty of stuff that can be done with it. Um, and, you know, we're not seeing it fully there yet because the the if you go back and watch some of that GameStack stuff, there's a lot of interesting things they talk about. But there are features that are built into the hardware that we're not even seeing in games yet. Things that are going to help developers be able to get more out of their games, different uh, ways they can maximize uh, their resources and all that. There's a lot of really cool stuff that we have not even come close to seeing yet on these new boxes that are really going to set them apart from what we've seen in previous generations. Um, 60 frames per second, for example. That's one thing that, I mean, shit, it's not even just 60. I'm playing games at 120. That's crazy. Um your eyes don't even know. I know. I get so fast. I can't even see it. I can't even play the games. It's, oh my gosh. <laughs> you died. Let me explain how this works. Your character died. But uh, I'm done bullshitting. What were the questions again? <laughs> uh, do you think that uh, uh, their games suck ass? Um, you like their games? They're all bad. Yeah. Uh, nobody likes yeah. playing those. Halo Five was a piece of shit. What was the story? Nobody even knows. I don't know. I hate Halo. I, I don't even know what it what like. I'm looking at the Halo Infinite trailer and I'm like, I don't even whatever. Just hit reset, I guess. I don't know what this shit is. Uh, who who <laughs> just put Cortana back in the chief's head and just be done with it. Um, but no, no, they've they've got good games and I'm looking at what's coming and I'm excited. Uh, it's not all here yet, but you look at the just the the volume of of titles they have coming I'm hyped for what's coming next from them, uh, be it Halo or Forza or Fable or Perfect Dark or whatever Obsidian's 80 studios are doing right now. I don't know. Yeah, the Rare game, uh, whatever the hell that actually is. Once they get some gameplay in there, it'll be fun, I'm sure. But 
Uh, yeah, no, and I'm I'm excited for it. Um, and I'm curious to see how how they actually end up pivoting some of these games towards longer projects rooted in Game Pass. I want to see what that looks like on it. You know, am I going to open up Forza and it's going to be as many microtransactions as Forza 7 was, which was not fun? Uh, I don't know. They're going to make you pay per street. I, I hope that, I hope they go the the oh like you want to you like you want to travel mentally. <laughs> I hope they go the Horizon Four route <laughs> where I completely broke the game because they had a, a thing set up where if you streamed the game, either watched it or played it on Mixer, you earned experience. And so some streamers had it like a week in advance, and so I just left my computer running all day, yeah. streaming Forza Horizon. So when I launched the game the first time, I just had like all the cars. And just like I had to sit there and spin the loot box wheel for like an hour. That's see, that's why <laughs> go full out with it, man. Just let, I want to just hit the button and watch the numbers go up. That's what I want to play in my racing games. He was like, he was like this fucking workaround. Get rid of <laughs> R.I.P. Can it. And you know what? For good measure, get rid of the microphone <laughs> door, too. <laughs> Well, uh, Justin, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask you the same thing. Uh, I mean, are Xbox games fun? Yeah, you know what? Truth be told, I've never owned a Microsoft console ever, but I have played some of their games before. And yeah, like the first person shooters are great. I remember playing, uh, you know, Gears and stuff like that, really enjoying it. Um, I can't speak to the, the greater catalog, but, I, you know, the stuff that I see that comes out from them, like Sea of Thieves, like... <laughs> That's a cool looking game. Like that's a really cool looking concept. I like stuff like that. Like, keep that coming, um, especially stuff from like Rare. You know, uh, another studio that like I have a longing for, and know their their older older catalog. But keep stuff like that coming. Like that's great. That's great content. Um, you know, I I think like I said. I mean, before I think they lean pretty heavily on sequels. You know, they're, they're continuously pushing out, like, I mean, for crying out loud, like, we have six Gears games, we have six Halo games, we have tons from the, the Forza series, like, you know, some new IP would be great. Like, give us more of the Hellblade stuff. Give us more of, like, what, what Rare is working on. Um, but I can't, I can't speak to, like, the gameplay and stuff like that, but what excites me is the new stuff that, that they're working on. So hopefully they come out with more of that. But yeah, here's here's hoping. I I cannot tell you how upset I was that Perfect Dark was the game that the initiative was working. I don't even know what that game is like, in twenty twenty seven or whatever that game comes out. It's just, I, yeah yeah. I, well, I'll take that. Uh, but like no, but now they're but like, like Perfect Dark and Perfect Dark Zero are already like completely different feeling games. So like, what is the third one made 20 years later? Look like I have no idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it sucks too. like that. Wait for that game to drop. And then like three weeks later, it's like, keep going. You can't wait to drop into twisted towers with in the dark. Here's your Fortnite cross. Oh no. (laughs) And here's your laptop. No, you know what'll happen? They'll finally put that out. It'll be great. Everybody will love it. But then Ubisoft will finally get off their ass and put out a splinter cell like the week before. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need no perfect dark. I got Sam Fisher over here. What is this? Uh, 
Well, um, what about the uh, the? I would love to have a conversation on Ubisoft and like what what it is the hell they're doing. Who the but. fuck knows? <laughs> Those Yves Guillemot. I am Yves Guillemot, and welcome. I, w- I was talking about this on the episode the other day. Like they're finally putting out a Splinter Cell, and it's a VR Oculus exclusive. It's like what? What? Wow. Huh? But you need to buy a headset. I'll take it. I'll take it. But like, what? testicles on. You just call them. What'd you just say? The green. Uh, uh, okay. Light. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> uh. Okay. I got you. Got you. Oh. Nailed it. Uh, Justin, you're a PlayStation guy, uh, so you obviously think the PS5 is. Vastly different from oh, it's a rock the, solid. It is rock solid. You can kill somebody with that thing. Uh, you you could hit somebody in the head with that and kill them. Dude, I was uh, so surprised how heavy that thing was when I picked it up from. Best it's Rock. a beefy boy. <sighs> it is That's, a beefy. Yeah, boy. You go ahead, brag to the rest of the audience that doesn't have one. That's I know, right? Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the consoles so heavy. Oh, so, uh, you obviously have, I mean, the PS5 is, is pretty different from the PS4 in, in many ways in terms of the tech. Uh, wh- how do you feel about the Xbox side of things? I, I think tech wise, I mean, I think BZ is probably better suited to answer this than, than me, but like, I, I think the one thing that they could have put a little bit more time and effort in was definitely the controller. I mean, the the PlayStation, the DualSense is a very cool item that I don't think people are going to use. No, not at all. <laughs> I think the first party, the first party studios will definitely understand how to use it because there's probably something in the contract where it's like you need to use this thing in a way that makes it look good. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, is Activision or Ubisoft or EA going to say like, oh yeah, and by the way, um, when you pull the trigger down halfway, the uh, soccer man kicks the ball lightly, and when you pull the trigger down all the way, the soccer man kicks the ball like it's um, a missile. So like, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I'll I'll tell you this, it's probably not going to be the case. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's the one thing I think from the Xbox side of the equation, I think they need to, they I would love to see what their innovation looks like on their controller, you know, down the line. Cause like in the past they've done all the cool stuff of like, Hey, customize your own control. That's coming back. Mm, always yeah. had great hardware. Yeah. Like that stuff's so cool. Like bring that shit back quick. But I, uh, I, I have a theory that Sony got caught. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think Sony actually anticipated that the new consoles would launch in 2020. Um, I think when they put out their PS4 Pro in 2016 and then Xbox put out the One X in 2017, I think at that point, if you ask Sony, it would have been another four years from the 2017 One X until this new generation. And somewhere about two years ago, I don't think this was like a last year panic button thing. I think somewhere in the last two years, they realized it was going to be 2020. And that's why you're seeing this UI that feels half-baked. That's why you're seeing the fact that this thing has been out for, what, six months and you still can't put an SSD in there. And we're hearing reports that, like, it's because the console overheats, which they put a lot of R&D into making sure this thing doesn't overheat. Like, so so that's why you can't put SSDs inside the thing that they advertised you could do. Um, but 
also, also there's the fact that this console, the PS5, doesn't have full RDNA 2 support versus the series. I, I don't know. My point is, is I think they're definitely at a disadvantage hardware-wise, but it's so minor. I don't think it's really going to matter too much. UI can be updated. Eventually, they'll put out a revision that fixes the monstrosity size of that thing. Uh, maybe it won't look like uh, feminine parts anymore. Um, they'll make yeah, it bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can. Uh, they'll. You know how Xbox has put out that Series X fridge? They'll just actually make a fridge that you put your PlayStation yeah. in. Yeah. Um, the cooling system is actually yeah, that's right. inside of the box. But you <laughs> actually have that's to right. play it from the inside. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think it's one of those things that remains to be seen where. Games actually end up landing on these things. Which one's more powerful? Which one's all that? I agree with what Justin was saying about the controller. I think it's got some neat ideas. When I played Astrobot, it was really cool, but it did. It did, and it surprised me. Like, and it, sometimes I genuinely felt like I'm going to break these triggers. Like, why is it pushing back like this? But um, at the same time, I think you know when I hear Call of Duty supported those triggers. I wanted to see the numbers on how many people just turn that off because why would you want a disadvantage in a in a cross platform or cross play game? Oh, the trigger's harder, it's more realistic, yeah. but then that guy's killing me in two seconds. So why would I do that? Your teammates like bro. I'm sorry, the, I can't push the trigger. <laughs> Fire the gun. Yeah, we gotta get. Rid but uh, so I, I, I don't. It's like HD Rumble on the Switch or whatever, where like it's neat in theory, but nobody used it. Um. You can count the ice cubes. Great. Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can count how many turns I take through the rumble in Bravely Default 2. They couldn't oh, just put a number on the screen? Cool. Great. <laughs> yeah. it just a, yeah. oh. You have to feel it. You, gotta feel you have it. to feel that Scottish man saying like, oh, finally, I can't see, I want magic. <laughs> oh, see, see, you know what would have been rad? Is if that Metal Gear Survive game came out on the Switch and they had the HD Rumble send you Morse code of like, help us. Oh, God. Help us. Kojima, help us. <laughs> that would have been great. I would have loved that. <laughs> it's all, it actually, it's Morse code, but That's it's right. resumes. <laughs> That'd be, I, hey, I'd hire somebody that did that. <laughs> they won't let us go. Exactly. Um, he said this was. Man, I got to be honest. Since we started this little wrap up summary thing, my brain is, 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 is. I am just Fried. saying buzzwords right now. Um, Buzz. And the, uh, huh? yeah, but uh, I, I think there's, this is going to be probably the best matched generation we've seen so far. I think both Sony's having their stumbling right now, but it's Sony. They're going to be fine. Xbox is, you know, they, they didn't have Halo, but I think at the end of the day, that's kind of a good sign for how they're treating projects. And people are more excited now than they have been for any of these past generations. There's more demand. There's more uh, just energy. Uh, I'm excited to see where things go. And we we all we all know Stadia is going to beat them all anyway. So yeah, they got the perfect version of Cyberpunk. <laughs> so you know, uh. game that I really can't wait to one day think about fin- right <laughs> i just you know what it really is i just want to hear more like i love to hate v 
V is like the most hateable character I've ever met in like a video. He's just like, he's like the biggest dumbass of like the future city of the world. <laughs> he's sitting like people are like people are like, oh yo, you got to go to like the other part of town and like talk to the um you know like that other team. And he's like, oh, you mean that other team that's on the other side of town? What's the name of them again? Like everybody would be like, are you? Did you move here? I actively. I actively sabotaged his relationship with Pan Am because I was like, girl, you can do better. Oh, my God. <laughs> have you seen yourself in the mirror? You can do better, girl. While he's like sitting there, he's like, how about you and I hang out with the other route, the Caldos, and we go down and talk to Jackie. Yeah, why couldn't the game? Why couldn't I play the game as Jackie? Jackie was neat. Oh, he uh, another one. That that was your first warning shot right there. You were like, "Oh no!" Yeah, like <laughs> like another one where it's like, "Oh, like you, know, like you want to have like ramen?" He's like, "Ramen? What's that? I've never had it before." Like, yo, right outside your apartment. What are you saying? in front of your building? <laughs> <laughs> you live here. Uh, oh, and it's just like the worst California. Like, I can't wait to buy a pack of cigarettes and then. Smoke 80 of them outside of this house while I go to the liquor store and get tanked on tequila. You know what I'm saying? Let's hang out with the Aldecaldo. You sound like oh. a New Yorker posing as a Californian right now. It's exactly, yeah. As a it's, Californian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I got by in California. It was, like the, it was like the meme of Steve Buscemi, but it was me. Like wanting to. You just got metal strapped on your arm, just glued on your arm. And you're like, hey. Yeah. I'm enhanced. Hey, does anybody listen to Van Halen? <laughs> oh, my God. I wish they all could be California. You know what I'm saying? Come on, bro. You guys. You um, invited us once again. I, I'm just going to. Yeah, you invited the guy who said at the end of the podcast, I've never owned an Xbox to the Xbox podcast. That was real. <laughs> yep. Solid. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I do what next I do. week. Let's do the Nintendo talk with a guy who's never used it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, despite that last five minutes being, um, I don't, I don't know what. Um, that was a good conversation. I, I, uh, I appreciate. Nobody got hurt there. Yeah, no, no one got called. Poor. No, you'll, you'll, you'll get hurt when you go back and listen to that conversation when you left the room. But that's a you, you'll let we'll leave that as a present for later. Oh, <laughs> mm. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to tune in to see how you fared. No, we're about to get booted from the Discord. That's true. You guys are you, gone. Bye bye. Um, all right. Well, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop Hunting Pixels and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at that same address, Culture underscore Bop. And uh, there is a Facebook page. You can find over there at the Culture Bop. I know, right? Yeah. If you're 40 or older, there's a Facebook page. I don't know. I just got an Oculus. I have to have uh, it now. So. Mm. Thanks, Zuckerberg. <laughs> and uh, we're also available on YouTube where new videos will be coming shortly. Um, just culture bar. 12 or under, we're on YouTube. It's true. Dude, okay, hang on. Real quick aside. So I'm trying to figure out like things for like, uh, you know, SEO and, and stuff like that. And I, so I was oh, like. You don't pay me enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so I went to the Explore tab so I could see kind of like how titles are like how people who are like super popular, they do their titles and like how their thumbnails are and stuff like that. And I was over here just looking and I was like, this shit is trending. Like one right now is destroying an F-250 in 10 minutes flat. I was like, who the fuck is watching? See, here, here's the secret. My dad. Open your mouth. Look as surprised as possible. Take a photo, and then you cut that out and put it on a character from whatever you're talking about. But then you go in and blur your eyes so they're like three times as big. And then you just put a big font that has, you know, big font with like words that have vaguely something to do with your video. So like you take this content right here, right? We just make – we're all content creators now. I'm excited. Um but you take this right, and then you do what I just said, and then in the text you put Xbox dead, and then that's you know, and then that's your <laughs> thumbnail, and then just money, boom, done, profit. Yeah, I just yeah, they they actually come to your house, yeah, all those big checks. Dude, I'm I'm looking at a uh, at a thumbnail right now that is almost literally that exact thing, but it's it says testing illegal mine tri- uh, Minecraft tricks that 100% work. Wait, like, illegal mine trick? Did you say illegal Minecraft tricks? Yes, that's that's what it said. I don't even these know kids how doing? it's illegal because you know, right? Something illegal. <sighs> but uh, anyway, getting back on track. Um. This podcast, Hunting Pixels, is available on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. I am available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on the Twitch at the underscore Bebopman. Dylan and Austin are not here, uh, but Dylan is. Awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. He switched. Okay, he's on Twitter at OMDizzy. Uh, he's on Instagram at OM Dizzy and on Twitch at OM Dizzy. Um, Austin, Big Papa Plays on Twitter, Instagram, he is Big Papa Stevens underscore or Big Papa Plays on Twitch at Big Papa Plays. And unfortunately, he is on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Mr. Gilbeezy, who is our first recurring guest. I you got to pay me now. Uh, I know, right? He's on Instagram at Gilbeezy Skit. Yes. Yes, no, it is. That's not right. I updated it. Oh, that is? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So the information we gave uh, at the end of the last episode oh. is completely outdated. So Completely outdated, and it just came out yesterday. So. Got to move fast in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin, do you have anything that you would like to pimp? <sighs> Plug, please. <laughs> a professional. Not a savage. You, you live in New York, so you pimp things. That was, that was offensive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really care. It's New York, but we are on this um, show. Right. Nobody does. <laughs> um, you can uh, find my newsletter. I run a newsletter called the paper trails. If you go to thepapertrails.org, I provide a morning newsletter on stuff that is going on in the marketplace. Uh, just news clippings that I have. I put some, of my own analysis towards you can get that daily. You can subscribe to that. Um, that's pretty much it. Every time I hear that name, I just assume I'm going to read an article about how they're putting fluoride in the paper, like chemtrails. <laughs> <They're> just <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That's what it was all about. 
Yeah, uh, it's a great I'm newsletter. Fluoride in your mind. Oh shit! Oh, oh, oh my! Uh, yeah, great newsletter. I uh, I read it in the morning uh, when I can. Uh, I get around to it, but on the pooper. On mm, sometimes, sometimes at work when I'm trying to kill time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that was it. Uh, the last thing I got to, uh, uh, promote, I guess pimp is not a good word anymore. In 2005, it was pretty good. Is, okay, okay. Uh, is we now have a Patreon. You can go over to patreon.com slash culture bop. And, uh, I was, I, I put a post out there, um, yesterday that, uh, we are currently um, working on getting the content over there uh, that has already previously been made. Uh, so, like, the stuff that you're probably hearing right now uh, will be going to Patreon so you can get it all in one place. Um, and uh, the exclusive content will start next week. So this podcast, for all of you uh, freeloaders out there, um, will still come to you. But it will be coming on Monday as opposed to Friday. And if you would like early access, just go over to the Patreon at f- at the five dollar tier. I think it is. Um, oh my god! You get uh, three days early access to all of our podcasts and two days early access to any videos that we may be uh, putting out there. So, um, yep, that's it uh, as far as I am aware. I'm looking at the outline and I'm trying to, yep, that's it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, um, until next time. Thanks. Hi everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Sorry. Um, I, I'm a dick. I'm a real bad host. Thanks guys for being on my show. If you're going to be sarcastic about it, you got it. <laughs> no, but in my best, like, like Sega or like video game voice, like, you got it. <laughs> uh no but for real it's been fun uh thank you guys so much for showing up uh it was um fun something it was something <laughs> uh until next time bye everybody <laughs>